I don't know about you, but um, we're not even. I, I I need daylight saving to come quick. Because, <laughs> Already? <laughs> yeah, because adjusting to this early, this early nighttime is has is, it's still throwing me off because it's it's not even nine o'clock here, and it's been dark for over an hour, and so my brain thinks that I should be asleep right now. Well, wake up. <laughs> when just two weeks ago, when we recorded episode two, it was still light out. So we did it earlier. Fall has fallen. Yeah. But we're here now. It's episode three. Woohoo! Of the Love Redo podcast. Welcome back. We're so happy you're you're here, whoever you are, wherever you are, and whenever and however you are. Welcome. Welcome. Um, if you like our podcast, please uh, subscribe to it on whatever you're listening to and uh, rate it and review it. But only if you're going to say nice things, rate it and review only it. Only if you're going to say nice things. Otherwise, just forget about it and swipe away. <laughs> Otherwise, just move on. Forget we ever wasted 38 minutes of your life. Uh, not that it's been a waste. This has been a lot of fun. And hopefully it's helpful for some people out there who like us have been married and have since been in the dating world and have had to figure out how to redo love and try to take a look at what works, what doesn't work, shoulds and should nots and do's and don'ts. And that's what we're here for. So last episode we talked a lot about we dove into the anxious attachment style we did. and today we're going to focus more on really the polar opposite the avoidant attachment style and uh we're going to talk about the dynamic between those two because yeah. they of course the way that life works of course they are attracted to each other oftentimes. Yes, they are. Last time we talked about the anxious attachment style. We really dove into that and talked about some of the characteristics of it and how to identify if you are uh, that attachment style. This time, it's polar opposite, the avoidant attachment style. Well what's interesting it's to your point it is it is polar opposites because it's specifically two sides of the same coin and i don't know if i said this last week but at the core root of both anxious and avoidant and fearful avoidant or disorganized depending on um what you call it it's we're dealing with insecure attachment so right. All of these attachment styles, everything except secure, didn't receive um, proper care. And they developed these coping mechanisms. So they developed two opposite coping mechanisms. So when you say it's directly opposing, um, it's correct because they've developed two really opposite uh, styles, two opposite coping mechanisms to deal with the insecure attachment they received as children. So interesting. And I think one of the most interesting things about it and um, one of the most, <laughs> I don't know, unfortunate, maybe dramatic for sure, uh -huh. is that oftentimes the anxious avoidant person 
and or the sorry the the anxious uh anxiously attached person and the avoidant person find themselves attracted to each other but yeah let's talk about it why does that happen well one thing i want to say just uh to backtrack for one second is that in the strange test that i talked about on the first episode where the kids came in uh with their moms um they they took their kid the kids vitals and the anxious and the avoidant kids um all had increased heart rates basically proving that they were they were both um they were both activated but the anxious kids were coping in this way like we just said like we said last week they coped by clinging and the avoidant kids coped by completely shutting down shutting down their emotional centers and ignoring um their caretaker so this represents in adult life and the reason that these kids get together to answer your question um is or not these kids as adults the reason that these two um, right the kids are not dating the kids are not dating right Right. Good point. Um, <laughs> the reason that these two get together is because they're essentially trying to solve their childhood trauma as adults. So what happens is the subconscious of the anxious child who received irregular, um, irregular care as a child mm-hmm. seeks the same thing out in their adult life, and the avoidant person who was either neglected and seeks out care, likes the, um, likes the anxious person because the anxious person shows interest and cares, but because of their coping mechanism, they don't know how to receive that love. So you're trying to make it happen and secure some kind of attention and, and validation and if you're if you're an anxious type, you are attracted to the avoidant type because it, it mimics what you had in in childhood. And really, what what you're trying to do, if I'm understanding this right, is you're trying to resolve your traumas and 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 prove once and for all that you are are worthy of that attention of that validation. Yes, and if you could just get that avoidant person to love you forever, then you can prove that, uh, you know, that, that you're worthy, but they never yeah. will because they don't know how. And so you're constantly proving to yourself that you're not worthy. Whew. Okay. And then likewise, so on, on the flip side of that coin, what is the childhood experience that the avoidant person is trying to subconsciously resolve? Well, the avoidant was neglected more than not and isn't capable of emotionally connecting because they were they never received emotional connection so they don't know what it feels like and they don't know what it acts like and they don't know what it looks like so but they seek it right because we're all human and ultimately at the end of the day we all want connection so they with a um with a with an anxious person who freely shows attention and freely shows affection they like it because they're like oh this is what this is supposed to be and this is what i was supposed to get and i never got it but they don't know they're they're not capable uh of receiving it so these it activates their you know they push it away but then they still want it 
but then they push it away, but then they still want it, making the anxious person crazy and making the avoidant person kind of annoyed with all the attention that's coming from the anxious person. It's a, it's um, a negative so feedback loop. It is a negative feedback loop, exactly. Um, okay. And there, so tell me, have you, as an anxious attacher, which we've identified in previous episodes, have you been in relationship with an avoidant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, similar to last time when I, when we went through the questions for the anxious uh, attachment style and we, and we looked at like how you identify yourself as one, I did that this week for the avoidant style. And in doing that, I realized a lot of things thinking back on my, uh, on a, on a, on a, on a recent past relationship where my partner did a lot of those things, for example, and I know you've talked about this before where, uh, you know, getting, getting a text back on their terms or at really irregular intervals, right. You know, just, uh, or like, or like ignoring requests for things or, um, or inconsistency with, you know, saying one thing and doing another, and then just, just, just kind of generally acting distant. Yeah. But almost, but almost in a way, I don't know if you've noticed this before, but, but distant in a way that seems deliberate. It seems like inconsiderate, right? It seems sort of, well, I mean, it it comes off as inconsiderate. Yes. But also it, it, but also it seems like it's, it's intentional, you know, like for example, if we're having a conversation, okay. Like, like for example, you know, when you're texting someone and there's a certain, at at some point you, you establish a, a cadence of texting where the, the time in between responses is typically reciprocal, right? Uh-huh. So for example, if we're, if we're having a text convo, we're in a conversation and, you know, I, and, I, and it, like if you're leaving the chat open and you, and you send something and then you can see the bubbles, right? <laughs> uh, hopefully, they have, hopefully they have an iPhone and hopefully it's blue bubbles. If not, if it's green, that, that's a red flag. <laughs> Uh, no, just kidding. But, um, but then, so, so you kind of establish like, okay, like if I text you and, and, and you text me a minute later and I'm like a minute later. And then like, this is just, this is something that just happens. This isn't, this isn't like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm only going to respond based off of how they respond. Like this is just, this is just natural, the natural flow of, of conversation. Right. 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 But, but sometimes uh, I would notice that I, we, we would be in the middle of a, of a convo and then after, after like a, a, a certain cadence was established right. in the conversation, uh-huh. then I wouldn't get a response for hours. And I would think that's strange. Right. And you were in the middle especially, of the conversation. Right. Or right. especially like after like asking a question, Right. And then, okay, let's be real. We've all done this. Uh-huh. You're, text, you're texting someone. Uh-huh. And then you see they're active on another app. Let's say Instagram. <laughs> am I right? So anxious. <laughs> but am I right though? Like, how annoying is that? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, 
I know it's like I know you're on your phone. Right. Like what? What the fuck? <laughs> like what the fuck? Like what? Like what is the deal? Like it's just it's just it's like it's just like what? Like what? Like why? Right. Right. Why? You know what I mean? Right. Right. Is any of is any of this uh, ringing true? Is any of this resonating? Can you identify with any of this? A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's interesting, though. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear it. Um, to hear it, but it's a very normal thing. And I wonder. I really do wonder if dismissive avoid if avoidance um, notice these things too. You know, because they really kind of don't care not because they're mean and horrible people but because they do not get their self-worth from relationships you know so i wonder on the other side of it if you're not responding to an avoidant and they see you on instagram if they even pick up on it or notice it we should talk to one we should (laughs) we really should (laughs) we Uh, should find out yeah yeah, i don't know i don't know Uh great question yeah yeah really good question so so there's there's an example that i can think of just this is just off the top of my head that's one thing that comes to mind uh if i if i reopened pandora's box and try to think of some more examples i'm sure a hundred more would come to the surface but that's 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 something i can think of for now so yeah what were we talking about right before you asked me that Oh, you mentioned the questions. Why don't we go to the questions uh, from the book? Great. Let's do Great. it. Good idea. I've got them ready to roll. So these are in the self-assessment section of attached. These are the questions that if you answered that you, uh, I don't know, associate with this question or this feels true to you, then you are most likely the avoided attachment style. So here they are. Uh, It starts with, I find that I bounce back quickly after a breakup. It's weird how I can just put someone out of my mind. I mean, you know, that's kind of self-explanatory, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I I do want to say, you know, I want to like re-say that avoidance um, don't find their self-worth in relationship, right? They find their self-worth in work, in projects, in goals, in video games, in exercise. You know, maybe they're like long distance marathon runners sometimes. Not all the time, obviously, right? But um, every single one of them is a long distance (laughs) marathon runner. That's how you know. If you're in a marathon, you're avoidant. Congratulations. Um, but they get their self. That's why they're, that, what do you think they're running away from? If you've, <laughs> if you've run 26.2 miles consistently, you are definitely <laughs> avoiding something. You're avoiding something. You're running away from something or someone. That's it. An anxious. This is a, ah! this is a breakthrough. We got it. Truly. Um, so yeah, so they, they don't get their worth from other people. So them losing people isn't that big of a deal for them. Okay, right. So it's because they, they find fulfillment in other things, not just in other people. Yes, and it's because they couldn't find security through their attachment figures. Um, and so they found security in their toys when they were little, 
maybe in a blanket or something when they were little. So they, 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 uh, their felt sense of security, their deepest felt sense of security is not from other humans. Other humans aren't safe to them. They don't trust other humans to fulfill their needs because they never have from childhood subconsciously. Oh my God, that is so true because I'm thinking about now. Wow. I never, I never, um, I never heard that, that part of the definition of it before, but Mm -hmm. that, that makes a lot of sense because my, my partner who was avoidant was really into things and, and really valued having nice things and also didn't trust anybody. Let me ask you a question. Was she um, loving and caring when you guys were together? Yeah. Yep. She might've been fearful avoidant. She might've been disorganized. Yeah. And that, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, because dismissive avoidance have a hard time. Um, they're not very like warm people in general. Um, they tend to, I mean, they can be socially warm. They have friends, but mm-hmm. they have a hard time uh, connecting and getting close. And while it's not even that they don't trust people, it's that they don't need people, right? Versus fearful avoidance or disorganized who were, um, those are the like four or 5% of the population that um, were more than likely abused when they were younger, whether it was emotional abuse or whether it was physical abuse of some kind. Um, They have the capability to be warm because at some point they were, positive somehow in a negative way they were somehow positively reinforced right so Mm. they did maybe the the, like the father was abusive and the mother was loving but she was also abused right so they had this like sense of having some sort of love um, and some sort of care but they don't trust it because it came in such a negative with such a negative uh you know ending to it right um so those are fearful avoidance slash disorganized or otherwise known as disorganized. And um, they also display the, dis- the avoidant characteristics because they, they're warm and friendly and can be loving and can be kind, but they will push you away when you get too close because they don't trust that that love is going to come is really, you know, they, they don't trust that love because they've never been able to trust it from their caregivers. So interesting. Um, Okay. All right. Next question. I find it difficult to emotionally support my partner when he or she is feeling down. So we talked last time about how the anxious person is like super attuned uh, to their partner's moods and, uh, you know, can tell like in a flash if the, uh, if if the vibe is off. Yeah. Yeah. You can pick it up right away. (laughs) Right. Um, The avoidant just doesn't have that capability at all because again they're completely emotionally shut down and they don't they actually did a test um that tested couples and the anxious knew 
uh, just by like the look of the way the eyes were moving or something that their what their partner's answer was going to be. And they scored, you know, really high on this test and the avoidance. Wow. Yeah. The avoidance just like scored really low and had no idea at all, uh, you know, what their partners would think, what their partners were leaning towards. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. Um, next one says my independence is more important to me than my relationships. Well, you know, we, I feel like we covered that a bit, um, that, yeah, they don't, again, they don't get their self-worth. They don't get their value or their validation through relationship through other people. So they will go and take that job in another country rather than stay in that relationship, you know, um, or they will go traveling because they want to and they want to see the world because that's more important to them than staying in a relationship. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Why did, did she do that? Did she go and travel? Almost, or almost word for word. This was a conversation <laughs> where we talked about travel and how important travel is. And like, wow. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, next one. It's, it's crazy almost how predictable it is, right? Like that's what I find fascinating about this stuff in general. Yeah. It's that it's so predictable and we've been, I don't know, I feel like I was so blind to myself, forget other people. I mean, other people's a whole nother story, but I was so blind to myself and what was driving me this whole time up until I learned about this stuff that I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a completely new person now with this understanding of That's the world. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, I feel like it's, you know, it's part of the process, like, like you said, of, of being able to evolve from an anxious or avoidant style to a more secure style. And as cliche as it may sound, identifying is the first step. And once you know which one you are and, and some of the reasons why you can start to uh, take steps to, to not be so, so anxious or like you said, insecure, if they're two sides of the same coin that both stem from past insecurities, then working on being more, more securely attached. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, next question is, I prefer not to share. I prefer not to share my innermost feelings with my partner. That sounds like that one comes back to the trust that you mentioned too. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard for avoidance, whether they're fearful avoidance or whether they are um, dismissive avoidance to be uh, vulnerable. Uh, because again, they never learned that being vulnerable is safe. So it doesn't feel safe to them. Um, so yeah, it's, they're not very comfortable sharing themselves and with dismissive avoidance specifically, they don't even have like on some, on most, most levels, they don't have access to their feelings. Right. So when you ask a dismissive avoidant, how did you feel about that? They'll say something like, uh, I think, you know, that this and that they will say, and I think statement, if you ask them how they felt. Versus an I feel statement. Versus, yeah. Versus responding with, oh, I felt like really sad and I was really hurt. You know, they will say, ah, I think that it happens. 
it's over, life goes on, you know, something of that nature. But it will definitely be like a response, with, which is more, I, and I think a brain statement versus um, an I feel statement, an emotion statement. More brain, less heart. More brain, less heart. Yeah. More hmm. left brain, less right brain. Hmm. Okay. Next one. Uh, I find it difficult to depend on romantic partners. Again, that sounds like trust. Um, I sometimes feel angry or annoyed with my partner without knowing why. <laughs> Relationship coach, matchmaker. What the fuck does that mean? Where does that? I don't know why. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> I, wish, I wish I knew the answer to that. And if I knew the answer to that, man, it might have solved a lot of problems. Next, I prefer casual sex with uncommitted partners to intimate sex with one person. Well, yeah, again, it's a, it's a trust thing. It's easy to get your needs, your physical needs met as an avoidant uh, with casual sex rather than having to be intimate and then having to go to that place of vulnerability that you're not comfortable um, going to. I got to say, this was one, I see what you're saying, but I think this was one, or I feel this was one <laughs> that I didn't, I didn't, I don't know if I agreed with because I don't think I've experienced that from dating an, uh, an avoidant person, but also I've felt that sometimes before too, myself. Well, okay. So, so none of these are absolutes, right? Yeah. Every right. single question isn't a hundred percent always, right? Mm -hmm. These are just general kinds of general, the general uh, majority of these questions will fit. And the general majority of the, you know, sometimes often always, you know, right. You'll be like somewhere in that category. Um, and we're all human. So we all have experiences across all, um, across all these attachments. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, across all these attachment styles, right? So there are times that I've definitely been avoidant in a relationship. And I'm, you know, I'm, when it comes down to it, I'm really anxious. But your attachment style gets activated when you're in partnership with somebody who activates your attachment style. Like when I'm in a secure relationship, I feel very secure and my anxious attachment isn't activated. When I get activated by an avoidant, this stuff really heightens and really comes up, right? When, you're in, when your insecurities get activated. Essentially, yes. And when my attachment style gets activated. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, next question is, it makes me nervous when my partner gets too close. Yes. And with, uh, with avoidant attachment, there is the issue of uh, physical closeness and there is the issue of uh, emotional closeness. So either an avoidant has both an issue with both or um, mm. sometimes more of an issue with one than the other. So physical closeness can be triggering um, as much as emotional closeness can be triggering. Oh, interesting that it can happen both ways. Hmm, okay. Uh, next one is my partner often wants me to be more intimate than I feel comfortable being. Yeah, because, right, it's, that, it's kind of that same thing. They're not really comfortable yeah. with, again, vulnerability and intimacy and 
when they're completely blind to all of this stuff, they don't really have access to that side of themselves at all. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of a story where, um, I, uh, when I was, when I was dating in a wouldn't person, I remember that I would often ask, you know, questions about what's going on, like how's work, how's the family, like how's, you know, whatever else is happening. But then I would have to remind her to ask about like me, my life. Yes. That's my so kids. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just like, I never, I, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, do I really want to, I, I remember thinking, do I want to be with someone who I have to, who I have to ask to like, you know, show, right. show interest in right. what's happening in my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, no, at, I, but at the, at the time I was too, I don't know anxious, insecure, whatever you want to call it to, to really, uh, just set, I don't, I don't know, set a boundary about it or just uh-huh. be like, you know what? I'm not into this. Like I'm out. Right. Right. I love that story because it also is, uh, it, it brings up to, well, one thing that I had the same experience by the way. And secondly, that, um, that avoidance are somewhat narcissistic because they've always had to depend on themselves (laughs) and they've never had you know again they've never had a proper like raising they were neglected it was always them for them on them kind of thing they have narcissistic qualities and they don't even think about their partners and their lives and what might be important to them it doesn't even occur to them (laughs) oh my fucking god yes okay uh yeah Yeah. and i had a i had a very similar experience i mean not with like a boyfriend but i remember being into this guy and we were talking you know texting a bunch or whatever and uh, i kept you know, we would have conversation after conversation and he would like unload on me about all of this stuff that was going on with him. And, you know, after a couple of these conversations, I was like, you know, you don't even ask me how I am. Do you want to, do you even want to know how I'm doing? And, you know, I kind of put it in his face, but to your point, I was too insecure at the time to just be like, what the fuck is this? And walk away from it. Right. Um, But I definitely, I noticed it, you know, and I definitely brought it up do anything about it but (laughs) classic but so but so frustrating and we and we still just want to prove that we're that we're worthy crazy um okay next one we've got a few more here uh an avoidant uh attachment style person would say something like i miss my partner when we're apart but then when we're together, I feel the need to escape. So this is another good point about avoidance, right? That, so avoidance have this thing that they want relationship, right? Because they, again, we all as human beings, we crave contact, we crave connection. Um, 
regardless of how kinds of disassociated you are from your feelings. It's, you know, it's an inherent like human quality, right? So avoidance, um, idealize, okay, a partner. Yet they can't be close to the partners that they have. So in their heads, they are the type that are always kind of like, there's somebody out there for me. And I know when I find that person, I am going to fall head over heels in love. And sometimes they even think this about a partner that they have until the partner is close to them physically, emotionally, mm. then, then they can't, they, again, they, they don't have the capacity. They've never learned to handle that kind of intimacy. So they will find things wrong with their partner, right? They'll be like, they'll say things really like, uh, she's fat or like, I don't like her ankles or, you know, and they'll find these little things that to, to fuss over or to kind of make excuses that they don't like this person and, uh, and eventually like ending the relationship over stupid things probably. That's really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cause I didn't know if I had experienced that one personally, but the way you, mm-hmm. the way you put it, it makes a lot of sense. So let's go on to the next. If I notice, this is interesting. If I notice that someone I'm interested in is checking out other people, I feel relieved. It means he or she is not looking to make things exclusive. Yeah. What do you think of that? I mean, it just kind of speaks to the avoidant nature that they're afraid to get close, that they're happy not to get close, that they're kind of happy to do the casual thing. It's easier for them. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to worry, um, you know, that this person might want something from them, might need something from them, might depend on them. Yeah. Wow. A lot of this is, is not, I mean, not only, not only interesting from a, from a psychological standpoint, but in some ways personally validating, I guess. Cause I'm like, this makes so much fucking sense. Oh my God. It's like eerie, you know? Yeah, it yeah. really, it really is. It's, this is, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. Now to take the, or to break down the avoidant attachment style even further you touched on briefly that there are um kind of two categories that are both considered avoidant there's the dismissive avoidant and the fearful avoidant so next time we're going to delve more into the differences between those two and and the characteristics between those two uh as as a jump off point this was really interesting um i don't know maybe i was making this one too personal uh for my for my it can never be too personal (laughs) (laughs) but um uh yeah this was this was really interesting stuff especially how 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 yin it is to the yang of the anxious style well and i what i was going to say actually um Yes. And what I was going to say, actually, (laughs) is that um, you, what is fascinating is how we choose these partners for ourselves. Right. And we continue this pattern and we continue this pattern because I don't know about you, but I found myself um, 
you know, five times in to doing the same thing before I was, I was starting to feel like a crazy person, you know, like a crazy person doing the same thing over and over, not understanding why deep, deep, deep down inside, I felt this way and the other person, you know, didn't, or I was recreating the same pattern over and over and it became really obvious. But until you, kind of until you either realize what you're doing wrong or solve what you're doing wrong um, you're gonna keep keep doing it and that's what we're here to do right we're here to prevent people from making the same mistakes over and over again which is what my whole book is about <laughs> that's right we are here to redo love on the love redo <laughs> podcast so with that should we give one more plug to to like follow, subscribe, review, comment, and share. And we appreciate all the love. Uh, more love. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, number one, that anyone has even listened to this. So that's yeah, cool we had, to see. Yeah, we had and more listeners than we expected. So thank you yeah. for listening. Yeah. So that's very cool. And hopefully it's doing some good in the world. So with that, let's sign off. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>